Hello and welcome to Wattcast. My name is Roger Watson and these podcasts are dedicated to readings of various articles that I've had published in newspapers and magazines. They reflect my views on politics, the pandemic and current affairs. Thank you very much for listening. Rip Off Britain. This is my column for the New Conservative of the 26th of July 2023. Not content with throwing vast amounts of cash at the uncontrolled number of asylum seekers running up the beaches of the southeast coast, nearly £50 a head weekly plus free accommodation and free health care, we throw £11 billion annually at a variety of hopeless international causes in the shape of the overseas aid budget. It's worth noting that uh, one of the countries to which we send money is China, which recently received £391 million. At least they don't fritter it away on fast cars, villas and private jets, as is the custom in some parts of Africa. The Chinese probably use it to fund their vast spying and espionage system, which a recent government report exposed as making significant inroads into our industry, universities and defence systems. That's gratitude for you, but I digress. One of the countries to which we send overseas aid is Turkey, to whom we recently sent £42.8 million. Admittedly, they have a hell of a situation on their southern border with hordes of Syrian refugees crossing in. The logic in giving them money to help with this is sound, as it keeps these refugees where they are and not in France, casting their beady eyes across the channel to the UK. Turkey also had a terrible earthquake recently and nobody would grudge them a few quid, to help rebuild the affected parts of the country. On the other hand, Turkey is a civilised and advanced society with a reasonable industrial base, a massive tourist industry and, if you've been there, quite an impressive infrastructure including one of the newest and swankiest airports in the world. Turkish GDP is lower than the UK's but at 19th in the league table, the UK is 6th. There's still a hell of a lot of countries a lot less well off. Instead of pouring our hard-earned taxes into Turkey, which seems to be moving slowly but surely towards being a fundamentalist Islamic state run by a rather unpleasant president, maybe the answer to their apparent woes is to run their country better and make better use of the resources they already have. But it gets worse. I was glad I was sitting down when I heard the news. UK announces £680 million for a new high-speed electric railway in Turkey. My precise response is unprintable, even here. We cannot get our own high-speed rail project, which has been postponed again due to soaring costs in the region of £100 billion now, on the rails. Why on earth would we fund one in another country? And how long, having kicked off the project before we are lumbered with its soaring costs, as Turkey finds it cannot afford to get the job done? Turkey already has an impressive rail system, some of which was built by the Germans, Minoff said. It was good enough for a series of former rail enthusiast politicians and celebrities, Michael Portillo, Chris Tarrant and Bill Nye, to extol its virtues on television. It even has an impressive night train system joining major cities. We only have two overnight trains in the UK. If you've ever waited for a train in Britain, then chances are you're still waiting for it. If you manage to catch one and reach your destination at anything like the time advertised on the timetable, then it's considered an achievement. People here remark on train journeys that take place on time. 
In other places, Hong Kong for example, if a train is delayed by only a few minutes, then it makes the front page of the South China Morning Post. In most other countries comparable to ours, many of them on continental Europe, the rail systems are remarkable. Take Italy, often the butt of jokes about the state of its economy and the tardiness of its inhabitants. The rail system is wonderful. Huge trains run frequently to almost any destination you want. The trains run on time. They are clean, incredibly cheap, and the lines are fast and smooth. In the UK, once you've purchased your rail ticket, it becomes very hard to board a train, having left an arm and a leg behind at the ticket desk. On the far side of the world, the rail infrastructure in Australia is excellent, and nearer to home, the rail systems in the Far East and some parts of Southeast Asia are a joy to behold. While some companies in the UK have greatly improved their rolling stock, the recent introduction of the Japanese-designed and manufactured Azuma trains on the East Coast line is a welcome step up from the previous trains, many of which had seen their first service before they were privatised by Mrs Thatcher. But even if the trains have improved, the lines have not, and in many places you wobble about to such an extent that it's unsafe to have a hot drink on your table. Not so on almost any European or Far East rail system where anything you put on the table in front of you stays exactly where it is, despite the train travelling at several hundred kilometres an hour. The current situation in the UK is that we seem to be becoming overrun with uncontrolled immigration, mainly of young men, who are clearly economic migrants at best, or rapacious knife-wielding misogynists at worst, at whom we are throwing vast amounts of money, thus making the situation worse and encouraging more to arrive. Having bankrupted ourselves during the pandemic, we are now printing money at a great rate leading to inflation. One of our least efficient industries, the NHS, one of the few groups paid fully over lockdown, has just held us hostage for a massive and inflationary pay rise, and once more. While energy and food prices increase beyond the reach of members of the population with less muscle. Meantime, we are helping to build an advanced rail system in another country, while our own system crumbles and creaks to a halt. If I've got any of my facts above wrong, then the comments section to this article is open on the New Conservative webpage. It might be worth noting that one of my sons, until then a UK taxpayer and national insurance contributor, experienced a period of redundancy. All he got was free healthcare. This podcast was produced in association with youpublicationslimited.com.